0: Well, it's good to be here tonight. I, I'm always honored anytime that the Moors ask me to speak anywhere. And, uh, you know, they uh, they had originally, when I first came to the church, and I like I said, I was at First Church in Branson, but I didn't come with them. I was there in Branson when they got there. And they just hadn't been able to get rid of me since. And uh, But, uh, you know, did whatever they asked. I said, you know, parking lot? You know, but what do you, what do you need? Clean? tell tell me what you need me to do and uh, been sitting in that chair ever since that one and one just like it in Branson and uh, but they I've been honored to be able to do many things for them hospital visits uh, funerals weddings lots of things and uh, one of the things that I was very honored to be able to do was to uh, lead prayer on Wednesday nights in Branson right now we have prayer on Wednesday nights and for years I was able to lead that on Wednesday nights. And it was such a blessing uh, to do uh, because, you know, a lot of people, well, including me, don't have the knowledge of prayer that they believe they have. Amen? If if we did, there wouldn't be so many unanswered prayers, right? People say, well, there's no unanswered prayers. Yeah, there's lots of unanswered prayers. There's unanswerable prayers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, happens all the time. People pray things that God just... like, wow. you know what? Not only are you not in position to receive that, you didn't ask where I could give it. <laughs> you know, so there's... You know, prayer is a much bigger subject than people think. And when I began to teach it, you know, Brother Moore said one thing to me uh, one time during prayer. He said, unanswered prayer hurts faith. And that is true. And, you know, we as Christians... We're quick to pray with somebody, right? And you know, your prayer depends on even more than your faith when you're praying with another person. So just being quick to pray with somebody, somebody sometimes is—you better watch what you pray. You know, many times if I pray quick with somebody, I pray for mercy. Can't go wrong praying for mercy. <laughs> you know, you don't know where they're at. You don't know what you know. You don't know what's going on. Mercy covers a gamut of things right there. I mean, what can't you cover with the mercy of God? Huh? Covered you. Got you here tonight. Keep keeping you breathing. Right? what did he say? The sons of man would be consumed if it weren't for the mercy of God. The mercy of God is the love of God. And so there's lots of things you can pray, but without true knowledge of somebody's heart, what they believe, what they think. You know, you might be talking to somebody that believes God does whatever God wants to do. Well, what are you going to pray for them? Does that mean you can't pray? No. You can pray that they see the truth of God, that you that they see the Word of God, and that they, they see the reality of God's love in their life. But prayer is an important part of being a Christian. Amen? How many would agree with that? And unanswered prayer does hurt faith. It it hurts faith. And, uh, you know, the more that people have prayer out there and they don't believe that it's answered, and they'll say, but I'm a faith person. Well, they're hurting. It's hurting their own faith because their mind's sitting there thinking, that ain't ever happened. And they're arguing with themselves all day long. Right? You ever argued with your head? Well, I know God can do that, but, man, it's been a long time. I wonder if he'll ever do that. I saw, you know, Grandma, she prayed forever, and she never got healed. Man, she was a great lady. Sat on the front row at the church every week. What's up with that, God? Well, next thing you know, you're questioning God. Huh? Ooh, wrong thing to do right there. You ever heard somebody say it's okay to be mad at God? Mm-mm. <laughs> you don't want to be mad at God, never. mm Mm-mm. He's God. It's not okay to be mad at Him. That's <laughs> not been taught about this. It's not okay to be mad at God. Not only is He perfect, He is love, and He's never failed anyone. Ever. Amen. And you have people all over the world say, well, He could have and He didn't. No, if He didn't, something was blocking Him. People say, well, He's God. He could get around anything. No. He will not. He will not. So it's important what you believe when you pray, right? It's important to know more than, well, He's God and I can ask Him and He'll do whatever I ask, right? No, it's important that we know more. Let's open our Bibles to 1 John 5. And let's talk about prayer a little bit in a different way. And see what God can open up to us. You know, it changed my prayer life, and many times it changed the way I prayed for others. You know, because it's important to me that others' prayers get answered. That when you're praying for them, that you don't just pray. That you pray in faith, and you, you, you make power available for them. Amen? Not power of prayer. How I many know p- prayer's not powerful? God's powerful. Prayer, prayer's not powerful. Who you're praying to is powerful, and He'll give you powerful answers. Amen? So if I say prayer is powerful tonight, you'll hear me correct myself. Because prayer is the way we get the power. Glory to God. 1 John 5, verse 14, it says, And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Right there, you know, whole doctrines have been made on this verse, first of all. But this is the first thing we've got to do. This is the confidence that we have in Him. We have to have a confidence in God. Prayer without confidence in who you're praying to, not just His ability. You know, everybody believes in God's ability. But do you believe in His love? Okay, okay. You're going to hear a lot about love tonight because Dave needs to hear a lot about love, so God talks love through Dave. Okay? So just bear with me, let me learn, and love me back, okay? But the confidence that we should have in God first and foremost is His love for us. That should be our first confidence. If you're a parent, you want your kid's first confidence not to be in your ability, but to be in your love. Your ability can do what your love instructs it to do. But it won't go beyond your love. You guys are quiet. Love's important. Love is what God is. It's not not who He is, it's what He is. Everything that comes through and out of God is produced by love. Nothing comes out of Him that's not produced by love. Because he is love. So that'd be like saying, well, that apple tree isn't going to produce apples. Yeah, that's what it's going to produce. And love is going to produce things out of love. You know, we got a lot of people, we're faith people, but guess how faith works? By love. And without love, it has no value. You got people all over the world believing for things outside of love, they just want them. I just it just make me feel better if I had them. <laughs> That's not love. What are you going to do with it? What, how's it going to help the world? And I'm not saying everything. Sometimes you know what? I got a daughter, and she gets a lot of things just because I love her. She also gets everything she asks for. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? she's not afraid to ask she'll step right up to the plate and say hey dad can I have one of those because she's pretty confident that dad's gonna take care of it why? because I've already told her she's gonna have to marry a really rich guy she's gonna have to have a rich man no she'll have who God wants her to have but I'm certain he'll be rich I'm praying for him and I'm already praying for him to be rich but my daughter is never afraid she is bold and confident to call on my love she's not calling on my wallet she's calling on my my love you know why she has no concept of what things cost and i'm telling you she's nineteen and she still has no concept of what things cost and you know i really don't care and, and i know people say, oh, that's not very that's not a very good way to raise your." you know what I don't want her respecting money at the same I don't want her disrespecting it but I don't want everything she does to count on how much money it takes to do it do you think you think when God tells us to do something the first thing he looks at is the cost you know I was gonna have you guys do some mission work but then I looked at the actual cost of it and whew, you know that is out of heaven's budget right now okay <laughs> You know what? We're going to have to wait and see. You know what? You guys need to be a little more uh, what do they call uh, what's the what's the word they use? Huh? Frugal. Yeah, you you guys are going to have to start saving back. You're going to have to start pinching some pennies. If we're going to get this stuff done, we're going we're going to need, you know, heaven's got a budget here. <laughs> no. No. He's a father. Is the first thing he is. That is the first thing that God is. And our confidence should not only be that He's good, but if we we call on Him, He hears us. If your child calls you... How many parents I got in here? Oh man, How far away do you have to be to hear them? If they're anywhere within just a, a ring in your ear, you know their voice. And we're not nearly as good a father as Him. Oh man, when you call on the Lord... He hears you. And it's not just that he hears you. He doesn't just sit there like this and you be talking in the background. He listens. He listens. You could hear somebody and never listen to what they say. Right? <laughs> you guys haven't done that. I have. It's rude. Don't do it, okay? You know, because they'll be sitting there talking and you've got 16 things going on in your mind over here. And, and they're finished. Go, Oh, that's great. Thanks. See you. And you didn't hear a word they said. It's rude. It is. And I've done it. I'm sorry. If I've done it to one of you guys, I'm sorry. But he's attentive. Attentive listeners listen. You know, In other words, there's noise going on in this room right now. But you don't notice unless you listen for it. Actually, you will notice that buzz because you don't even have to listen to it much. We're believing for that to be gone though, right? Yeah. But, but there's noise going on all around us. But until you take the time to step back and listen to what that noise actually might be, you don't identify it. God is always listening for our voice. He is attentive to our voice. He's ready to hear us. He loves us. He's a good father. Amen. And that's the God we're praying to. See, these are things people say. What's well, this got to do about it with prayer? This is who you're praying to. Your vision of God is what, is, is what affects your receiving from Him. You know, you got people out there that believe He's a mean God. He's a wrathful God. That if you don't do things just right, He's going to pound you and pound you until you do. And then He might give you something if you get it all right. Well, that ain't right. He saved you when you were doing nothing for Him. Amen? He saved me when I was His enemy. And He doesn't change after you get saved. He's a good God before you get saved. He's a good God while you're getting saved. He's a good God after you become saved. And He's a good God to lead you in your salvation. Amen? And He's not waiting for you to say just the right words in your prayer. Boy, oh, they missed that and. If they had just said and. Man, I could have I got it to them, but missed that and. You know, people are making God legalistic. He's not legalistic. He's not. We, he had to have the law in the Old Testament to even get people to have something to work towards, right? There had to be a law. Now we got grace. doesn't do away with the law. It perfects it. The law is still in place. Jesus perfected it. He did the law for you. And for me, you know why? Because you can't, and I can't, right? (laughs) You know, I do good parts of it, right? And there's weeks and months where I'll go real good. But then I might break one of them laws. (gasps) Dave, you break a law? Yeah, yeah, I don't just go out and decide to, but you know what? Sometimes I'm less than perfect. Boy, I really messed you up now, didn't I? (laughs) You going to be able to hear any more tonight? And guess what? I still believe in his love. And I still believe in his mercy. And I still believe in his grace. And I still expect that when I call on him, he'll answer me. And I believe that he hears me. And it says, and this is the confidence that we have in him if we ask anything according to his will. And here's where the new doctrine comes in. Everybody says, well, see, you got to pray according to his will. Well, we have his will, we have a whole book full of his will. Yes, amen. You know, people say, well, you got to say, if it be thy will. No. you got to find His will and pray it. Yeah. Say, well, maybe it's not His will for you to be rich. It was for Abraham, and I'm Abraham's seed, so I reckon it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so we can find His will. And besides that, if you have a knowledge of His love, you have a knowledge of His will. His will's good. And if you have a question, if it's good and if it's of God... It's good. It's of God. If it's not good, what's it saying, James? Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, right? And if it's not a good and perfect gift, guess what? It ain't God. Amen. So we must believe that he, that he, we must believe we have a, we have a confidence in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, if we know that He hears. Us, See, people say, "Well, I just know He hears me. I, I just know He hears me. I just—you do know He hears you. He's a good Father." Let me tell you a story. Ramsey, I've already told you about my daughter, right? Well, she's adopted, and uh, we had—we had went through many years of thinking, "Well, we'll have kids this way. We'll have kids this way," and praying and believing God and asking Him what to do, what which direction to go, and finally we settled on adoption but there was years there where we said, you know what, we're not going to have kids. We don't need them. And my mom, who was a proficient prayer, (laughs) thank God, because that's why I'm here, saved and even anywhere near a ministry, uh, she was not only my mother, she was my mentor. She was a woman of God, and I still to this day find myself every day finding something that she put in me coming out. But me and my wife had decided, well, kids, you know, if we have them, we have them. If we don't, we don't. Not a big deal. Well, she started praying. She said, God, they're selfish. Give them kids. (laughs) People say, well, that's not a good prayer. Yeah, it is, because God doesn't want me to be selfish. And she loved me enough to see that I was selfish, and we needed something to think about besides us. You know, many times when people ask me, you know, they'll, they'll come to me and they'll say, oh, you know, I've been believing God for this or that, and, and I've been praying, and I've been in the Scriptures, and I've been in the Word, and I've been doing this, and I've been doing that, and what I, what 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 do I need to do? And I'm like, do something for someone else. Every day, every moment, quit thinking about you because the minute you quit thinking about you then the kingdom of god becomes first place people become first place and you open the door to the blessing of god in your own life Amen. and and we were selfish and god knew we were selfish and mom said give them a kid <laughs> and thank god she did it and it wasn't long after that that we went through the adoption process and Very quickly, because it was miraculous how things happened with all that, and we had Ramsey. We picked her up from the hospital, got her when she was three days old. So, I mean, we've had her since she she was born. But when I picked her up, God changed my life that day because I became a father. And my vision of who God was changed from night to day. And I could see the love of a father for a child. And when, when, when I, when I, and, and people say, well, that shouldn't have had to happen through Ramsey. Well, maybe it doesn't for everybody else. But for me, that's how God did it. And everything I saw from that point forward, I would pick her up and I'd do something for her. And God would say, I do that for you. And, 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 I, and I would think about what I was going to get for next. And you know, when you, when you got kids, that's what you do. You're thinking about, oh man, how could I bless them? How could I bless them? How could I bless them? How many? How many do that? How many parents? You're thinking about it all the time, even when you don't got the money to do it. You're thinking about it. Yeah. And you're, you're trying to find a way to do it. And I'm. <laughs> let me let me let me rephrase it. If you don't have kids, that doesn't mean you're selfish. I said I was selfish. Okay. Doesn't doesn't take a kid to make you unselfish. You have the love of God in you. You have unselfish ability. There's your new word, too, right there. Unselfish ability. I like that. I'm going to write that down. There's a new one. You have unselfish ability in you. Glory to God. And so but but for me, this not only took away the selfishness, it gave me a new vision of God and it increased my prayer life. Why? Because now I could see what He wanted for me. Not what I wanted for me, what he wanted for me. Man, how easy is it to ask for something that you know He wants you to have? That'll change your prayer life. When you know He wants you to have it, and now you're asking for something that you know His love wants more than your love. Glory to God. I remember standing one night right I remember the first night we got her. man, she started crying. And I looked at Kim, and she looked at me, and we said, "Who in the world thought we could be parents?" <laughs> we were thinking, "Can we give her back to? Some, can we find somebody who would know what to do?" Because I mean, she can't talk, she can't. But that was the first night. About the about a week into it, I'm, I'm laying it's mid, you know after midnight, and I had the late shift, Kim had the early shift, and uh, I'm feeding her, and I look down at her. And I said, do you realize that there is nothing I would not do for you? And immediately the Spirit of God came over me, and from the inside of me I heard, do you realize there's nothing I haven't already done for you? Glory to God. That'll change the vision of a father for you. And it'll change the way you pray. It'll change the way you believe. And he's that good of a father. And that's what we want to believe about him. He is that good. That's the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears us. And not only does he hear us, if we know that he hears us. That if we have that confidence that this is our God and he hears us, then we have the things that we ask of him. We have the petitions that we ask of him, that we desire of him. And this is this is the beginning of prayer. This is how we should pray for everything and everybody. These are the things we should know before we we grab hands with somebody and say, yes, let's agree. We're agreeing with the Most High Father who loves us both and who desires good things for us always. And I'm not saying we have to say these things. We have to know these things. And when we begin to pray to that God, when we begin to open up our heart to that Father, then we have the knowledge that not only has he now hurt us, but the petitions we're asking of him, we can have. Now, if you're sitting there, there night and you're saying, you know, I just know I've done that and it's not happened. No, you haven't. <laughs> I don't want to hurt your feelings. No, you haven't. Love never fails. It's an impossibility. Anytime you think about something God, you think God should have done and he didn't, you think about the verse that says love never fails and then throw your thought away. Because God's never failed, and He never will. He's a good God. We, we, there may be things, you know, I was talking about my mom, and, I, and she was one of the greatest women of God that I know, and she left this earth early, died of cancer. And I had no telling how many people come to me and say, why didn't God heal your mom? You know, what, what in the world happened there? You know, if anybody should have been healed, she should have been healed. That's not the question to ask. (laughs) That's not not even the question to ask. Was she going to get healed because she's my mom and she's such a great woman of God? That's not why God heals people. He'll heal somebody that doesn't even deserve it. He heals people because he's already put that in place. It's a promise in his word. And somebody not receiving healing or receiving healing doesn't make his word any more true. You know, if you received your healing, you didn't make his word more true. His word was true before you got your healing. If you didn't receive healing, it doesn't make his word less true. His word's still true. And it's the truth we stand on. If I questioned that for one moment and my mom could come back and beat me, she would. Because she's the one that taught me God is good, and He's only good, and He only does good things, and His Word is true, and it will always be true, and never step off of that. And she taught us that God wanted you to be rich when we were getting moved out of our house. Yeah, because we couldn't pay our rent. And she said, guess what, son? God's a prosperous God, and He wants you to be rich. And I was a teenager, and I'm thinking, Mom, I hate moving. And, and how can you believe that right now? And I did think that. I could lie to you and say, oh, Mom, you're exactly right. Thank God that we are getting to move right now. No. That would be me lying. What Dave thought was, if God wants you so rich, and you guys have been given, and going to church, and everything, and why ain't we getting rich? Because Dave was asking stupid questions. Right? She was living on the Word of God. (laughs) <laughs> it's true God's word isn't true because we believe it or not how many people know that they, they have salvation available for every person that ever enters this earth but you still have to you still have to receive it amen glory to God so when we, when we ask when, when, when we talk to God He hears us and we have a confidence that we have a loving Father that is not only hearing us He's waiting to hear from us amen his presence is with us always. Okay, let's look at a couple of verses. Psalm 34, verse 17, NIV says, "The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. Wow, I'm faster than the screens. Mm-hmm, look at that. He delivers them from all their troubles. You reckon that's true? This is in the Word." People say, well, you know what? I've had troubles, and I've cried out to God before. Something you missed in here then. Right? If, If there's a failure to communicate with God, it's not on His part. We don't need to go check His phone or His lines. Okay? You'll want to check yours. Okay? We don't need to check God out. He ain't missing nothing. He's God. Okay? Not only is He God, He loves you. And he's never trying to keep something from you, and he ain't teaching you with evil. He's never employed the devil, and he never will. Not even for a minute. The righteous cry out, the Lord hears them, and delivers them from all their troubles. Psalm 85, or 86, verse 5. This is David talking. I like this, because this is is a man that's messed up. He's You know what? One of the main reasons people don't don't believe in their own prayers? Too much condemnation. Right? How can how can I pray to God? Look what I've been doing. Look what I've done. And you know what? The devil will be right there to help you out. You know you're right. Very few people have done that, and none of them have received anything from God. Yeah, that's the worst thing you could have ever done. You know, there's there's not another sin. In fact is that sin there, big as it gets. <laughs> devil will help you out. Devil and your own flesh, boy, together. Those two, we'll just stay away from both of them, right? Psalm 86, verse 5 says, For thou, Lord, art good. King James Version, by the way. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy. I like to say it like plenteous. Plenteous in mercy unto all that call upon him. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer, and attend to the voice of my supplication. In the day of trouble I will call upon you, for you will answer me. That does not sound like somebody that's mamby-pamby about what they think God thinks about them. So not only can you think about how good he is and how much he loves, but what does he think about you? This is the next step in your prayer. Not only do you want to think good about Him and how much He loves you and how good of a God He is, and He does have abilities that no one else... That he has all ability. But now you got to know, what does He think about me? What He thinks about you is you're the apple of His eye. Every day He wakes up with you on His mind. He's looking, He's just like a good father. He's What can I do for them? What would bless them? What what could I help them with that would allow me to bless them more? What what could I show them today that would open up the doors for me to get more stuff to them? He's trying to get things to us. He loves us and he's always thinking of us. And and I like this when it says, give give ear, O Lord, to my prayer and attend to my voice. David's asking him to actually be attentive to him. God, listen to me. How many got kids that do that? I remember when Ramsey was a little kid, she was trying to get my attention. She finally grabbed my collar and pulled me down. And she said, Dad. That's almost what David was doing. He said, God, God, hear me. Hear my voice. And you know what God was saying? Oh, I like that. I like that. That's somebody who wants my presence. That's somebody who loves my voice. That's somebody who knows I love them. How do you, how do you know he knows? Because he said he's ready to forgive, and he's plenteous in mercy. In other words, He's got more mercy than you'll ever need. The mercy of God is the love of God. Forgiveness is the ultimate act of love. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Why? Forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness of sin is the ultimate act of love. It's what love came down and did. Amen? It's the mercy of God and the grace of God all wrapped up in one big package. Glory to God. In the day of trouble, I will call on you. He's not manby pamby about that. He says, not only will I call on you, you're going to answer me. He's not telling God what to do. He's speaking His confidence in the Father and what the Father thinks of Him. These are important things to know if you're going to pray, right? 1 Peter 3, verse 12 says, for the eyes of the Lord, now now we see it, He's watching us. You know when it says somebody's watching you? Somebody is watching you. Yeah, somebody's watching me too. Glory to God, I am so thankful every day I can wake up and I can know that the eyes of the Lord are watching over me. Amen? And And you know what? He'll yell at you if you're doing the wrong thing. And sometimes you'll hear Him. All the time we're going to hear Him, aren't we? Yeah, but he will. He's watching over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. He's watching over his sheep. He's watching over his children. He's on. A, he is constantly watching over us. What's he looking for? He's looking for an opportunity to bless you. He's looking for to, to keep you, to protect you. He is watching. He was, uh, you know. And you're trying to get that all in your mind. You can't forget it. He's doing it. Believe it. He loves you, and by faith accept it. It's too big for your mind to think about. Your mind cannot comprehend what God is doing in your life right now. He is giving you the very next breath you breathe. Everything that's happening in your life this moment is God-ordained, and God's doing it for you. Right? And He's watching over you. The Lord of the universe, the Creator of heavens and earth, is looking down on you. Glory to God. Does that make you feel loved? If that don't make you feel loved, you ain't trying. (laughs) Shut your eyes for just a second and think about God just watching over you. And if you don't smile, you ain't getting it. Get it. He's watching over you. People say, He ain't watching over me. Yes, He is. He's watching over you. Tell Him He's not watching over you. And he's saying, boy, I wish they'd quit saying that because I'm right here. (laughs) He's that personal, guys. He loves us. Glory to God. And if we'll get the knowledge of who he is and what he thinks of us, your prayer life begins to take on a whole new level. And it'll continue to go up level after level after level. And then what we want to look at is Jesus. What did Jesus say about prayer? Mark 11, Mark 11, 22, King James Version. Mark 11, 22, King James. And Jesus answering, saith unto them, have faith in God. Now seeing now right there, you should have already changed, changed the image of what you see when you see that. Have faith. You can, you can, it can say have faith in love it can say have faith in your father it can say have faith in a lot of things but what he's saying is have faith in love why, why do I want to think of it that way love never fails where do you want your faith based on you want it based on something that fails you got people that have faith in faith you can't have faith in faith people say oh, I know my faith works that's having faith in faith why do you not want your faith to be in your faith Because faith can fail. What did Jesus say? He said, Peter, I prayed for you that your faith faileth not. Faith can fail. Faith not grounded in love will fail. (laughs) And Jesus said unto them, have faith in God. Have faith in not only God, but in the person of God, in the fatherhood of God, in that love that God is. Have faith in it at all times. Have faith in God. That's the first step. And he's, talking, he's already talking about prayer. People just don't realize it yet. Amen? Verse 23. says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. How many people have heard that verse before? Huh? It says, And you don't doubt God. Don't doubt love, but believe love, Right? It's the same verse. He, he started with have faith in God. And he said, if you have faith in God and you say unto this mountain, be cast into the sea, and you don't doubt love in your heart, but you believe in your heart that love will do it. Amen? You shall have the things which you say. And then he goes on to verse 24. See, he was talking about prayer. He said, therefore, you can go right back to the first, it says have faith in God. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Have faith in God. Right? Is that what he's talking about? Is that what this whole passage is talking about? Having faith in God? Have faith in love? Have faith that He loves you? Have faith that love will do it? Have faith in who you are to Him? Right? Have faith in God. That way, when you pray... You believe you receive Again, I'll go back to my daughter. When she asks me for something, and I say, okay, she has it. She walks away, and she expects to see it the very next time I can possibly get to wherever it is that you get that thing that she asked for. She has already received it. She believes in me as a father and in my word. He said in his word, and he's a much better father than I, that if we ask... He'll do it, right? So we, we immediately should act like we have it. We should be waiting for it. She's That's what I'm saying with Ramsey. She's already waiting for it. She's asked for it. I've told her okay. And she's just waiting for it now. And if she doesn't get it in a few days, she'll say, hey, Dad, when are you going to get that? Because you told me I was having it. So I'm expecting that any moment now. And I'll say, you know, hon, I just haven't been that way. She'll say, maybe I could take you. Why? Because she knows I want her to have it, and I'm not trying to keep it from her. Why? Because she believes that about her dad. Thank God she believes that about me. It's always good to have someone for you. When you stand praying, uh uh-oh, verse 25 had to be popping in there. What's up that? And when you stand praying, forgive. Why? Forgiveness is the ultimate act of love. If you can't forgive, how can you receive from love what you can't give through love? You don't have an understanding of his love for you if you can't forgive. <laughs> yeah, forgiveness and being mad at somebody are two different things, okay? <laughs> forgiveness is holding somebody accountable for their or unforgiveness is holding someone accountable for their sin. In other words, they got to pay for that. See? Forgiveness says you don't have to pay for that. He, God pardoned our sin. Not only do we not have to pay for it, He wiped the record of it out. Right? When people say, I need to look up and see what Dave's done, and they look and there's just a big blank page there because He pardoned me. Amen? That's what that's what true forgiveness says. Not only does it get rid of it or, or forgive you for it, it, it eliminates it. See, unforgiveness holds on to something until you pay for it yeah and and you can't have that and pray effectively you can't have unforgiveness in your life towards any person and so what he says he says when you stand praying think about who you might be holding off against you know when you stand praying forgive think about it because because you have faith in God you now have the ability to forgive Because you have faith in love. Love forgives. It's what it does. It doesn't even have a problem doing it. It's one of its actions. It's it's one of the very things that it was put in place to do. It forgives. It says, if you have any any ought against any, that your Father in heaven, which is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. Oh, what? You mean you can't get forgiven? If you can't forgive? No, because you can't receive it you don't have an understanding of it. People say, well, I want to be forgiven. You, that's exactly what you want, and you want to forgive. You want to forgive. Love wants to forgive. It's what you, People say, no, I don't. Yes, you do. Search your heart. Love, the, the love of God that God put in you wants to forgive people. It wants to forgive people that you don't want to forgive. You're sitting there looking and you say, oh, no, I do not want to forgive them. And your heart's saying, yeah. Yeah, you do. You're like, oh no, no, God, don't, don't. But, oh, okay. I forgive him. And, and then your, your flesh is upset because it couldn't hold on to it. Because the love of God's been shed abroad in your heart. And forgiveness is now natural to you. Unforgiveness is no longer natural to you. You now have the ability to forgive where other people never do. Other people will hold on to it. And you know, be like in a marriage and, and ten years after your wife or your husband told you they forgave you and then a big fight comes up and you say, Oh, what about this time? What? Oh, I thought you forgave me for that. You say, oh, you mean I have to not talk about it anymore? Well, God don't sit around talking about your sin. <laughs> when you when you when you go up and ask him for something, he says, You know, I would, but I was just thinking the other day. 20 years ago, remember at that party? I told you not to do that, and you did it anyway? And and I just haven't gotten over that. No. Not only has He gotten over it, He doesn't remember it. People say, He's God. He is. And He chooses not to remember my sin. Thank you, Lord. And I reckon if God chooses not to remember something, it's pretty much forgotten. Glory to God. Isn't that good? And we can do this. He's not asking us to do something we can't do. He's saying forgive. It's not, he's not even acting like it's a big deal. He's saying, forgive. He said, when you stand praying, forgive. Yeah, he's not saying, when you stand praying. It's gonna hurt. But forgive if you can, if 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 at all possible. No, he's saying, forgive like no big deal you're like well sure you're God and he's like and sure you're my kid you have everything in you that it takes to do this glory to God that's what God thinks about you every time he, every time you come up against something he says they'll make it they'll win they have everything in them to, to overcome this I put it in there I know that's, right. that's my kid he, he's just like any other father he's like that's my kid right there he's gonna win Oh, Dave, yeah, you may think he's going to miss this, but he won't. And if he does, guess what? He gets another chance. How many strikes does he get until he hits the ball? Yeah, that's that's the new ball game. Dave bats till he wins. Yeah, glory to God. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in Heaven forgive you. We're not, we don't even need to look at that because that ain't happening here, is it? Right? It is truth that we need to hold, but we need to hold it so we know what not to be. All right? God put some of these things in here just to show you what not to do. This is what you not do. Amen? Let's look at Matthew 6, kind of along the same lines. Remember, everything we do for God, it's the heart that matters. You know, a lot of people go with what their head thinks, and they think, well, that's what I believe. Your head doesn't have the ability to believe. Your heart believes things that your heart, your head can't believe it believes. <laughs> oh, what? You mean Jesus came from heaven? And your mind's trying to comprehend all this. Now, Jesus came from heaven, and he didn't have a dad, so it was a virgin birth, so your mind automatically has to knock that one out because that's an impossibility. Well, your head can't wrap around. It, your head doesn't comprehend that. It's not made to. Your heart can Right? Because that's where faith is. It doesn't say, don't doubt in your head. It says, have faith in God and believe in your heart. Don't doubt in your heart. He's talking about your heart. Your heart means everything. You could have doubt in your head with faith in your heart. And guess which wins? The one you believe. (laughs) Your heart. Your heart. Our heart wins, right? Yeah, but you can't. You could receive something from what's in your heart with your head not understanding it, right? Glory to God. It's just true. What verse was I on? Oh, Matthew 6. Matthew 6. It says in verse 7, NIV, it says, but when... uh King James. Let's go King James. It says, but when you pray... Don't use vain repetition. Don't, don't just talk. Don't just say things. Don't, don't find your favorite scripture and just start quoting it. You know, don't just talk as the heathen do, for they think they'll be heard because of their much speaking. Now, how many, when you were a young Christian, okay, don't raise your hands, I'll do it for you. When you were a young Christian and you wanted to sound good at the Bible study and pray just the right prayer, you said it was your turn the circle started around and you're sitting there thinking okay what verse can i stick in there how can i throw this together man i gotta make this look good and am i going to sound good they will think i am a prayer when i'm done with this guess what your prayer had zero vain repetition it's your heart that matters i remember one time i was in a sunday school class years ago and uh... Um, I was, there. Uh, the, the teacher, the person over the Sunday school class, their wife had uh, been pregnant. She was having major trouble with this baby and she kept going in and out of the hospital and in and out of the hospital. And one Sunday they didn't show up and she was in the hospital and it was pretty serious. And uh, boy, I mean, the class, you know, this was a church where getting together and praying was a big deal. And it is a big deal, but it was just a big deal because you did it, not because you actually prayed. But we got together. And they said, oh, let's pray for him. And man, this one guy started praying, and man, he he used some nice big words and several good scriptures. And I'm sitting there listening in my heart, and God says, don't don't hook with that. It's okay. Go around the circle, and people start praying. And God says, no, don't hook with that. Don't, don't, Don't get in agreement with that. And finally, this guy just breaks down crying. Just a man. And he just breaks down crying. And he said, God, I love them. And I know you can help. So I'm asking you to. And God said, hook with that one. And that's the one I hooked on. They had a baby and still alive today and she's doing good. Glory to God. But it was the heart. It wasn't the big words. It was the heart. Everything we pray, we pray from our heart. It it, it doesn't take a lot. It takes a lot lot out of your heart. Amen? That makes sense to you guys? And there was so much love because the prayer came from the love in his heart for them. And he told God, he said, I love them. And it was real love. It wasn't the kind that I just need them around. It was love. I care about what happens to them. That's real love. Amen? (laughs) We don't want to be heard for our much speaking. Verse 8 says, Be not ye therefore like them, for your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. Why do we need to ask him then? Because he told us to. Over and over again he says ask. But he knows what we need before we ask. Why does he want you to ask? shows your heart. Not only that you ask, how you ask. Amen? It's important. It's not just that you ask. There's lots of people asking for all kinds of things that they ain't never going to get unless they change their heart. I'm not saying they'll never get it unless they change their heart. Right? It's, it's not just wanting something. It's what are you going to do with it when you get it? It's what, what value is it going to have in your life? You know what? He, he will not give you something that will pull you away from Him even an inch. I remember when I first went into business, and man, I was believing God with all I knew because I thought, man, I, I want to prosper so I can have all the stuff I never had. If I want to buy it, I want to get it. And so I was believing God for prosperity every day. And I was getting nothing. Because He knew if I got prosperity, I'd buy all the stuff it takes not to go to church on Sunday. I'd go all the places you could go not to be at church on Wednesday. I would do all the things that you could do not to teach those youth. I would do anything I could not to have to work with those little kids. He won't won't exchange your soul. Amen? But boy, if you get it right, 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Not, 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 Not on a different level, but even with your soul prosperity. So when our soul prospers, so does our wallet. Right? But soul prosperity is when you want to go work with those little kids because you know that God's put something in you for them. It's when you want to be at church on Sunday because you don't want to not only miss what the preacher might say, you don't want to miss the people that are around there. Huh? You know, the good reason to come to church on Sunday is just to see your brothers and sisters. Yeah, you want to hear the message, but this is a family. Come eat. Come to dinner. Amen? It's a good thing to be in church. He knows what we need before we ask Him. So now He says, pray like this. And He's not saying pray this prayer all the time. You can pray this prayer, but He's saying, pray like this. He said, after this manner pray, He said, our Father. In other words, what's us He goes right back to what we were talking about earlier. Acknowledge Him for who He is. He's your Father. It doesn't say, 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 oh God, I'm not worthy. That doesn't make him your father. That makes him some mean king on a throne deciding whether or not you're worthy to get anything. Not only did he decide you're worthy, he made you worthy and decided you're already worthy to get everything he wants you to have. And all he's got to do is make you believe it. Yeah. And the more you believe it, the more you have. Yeah. Yeah. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. In other words, what's first place? His kingdom. It didn't say, our Father who art in heaven, I just want a new boat. Man, if I had a couple of horses and some land, oh God, I'd be so happy. No, he said, your kingdom come. Your things first. What you desire first. The things that need to be done in this earth by you and through you. Those are first place. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I'm seeking you, God. I'm seeking the kingdom of God and your righteousness, and those are the things I'm believing for. That's what I'm praying to happen. I want to see Sally get saved. I want to see them get healed. I want to see your kingdom come on these people. I want to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen? Your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Acknowledge that you ain't doing nothing. Say, <laughs> so I worked for that and went to the grocery store all my stuff. He got you out of bed. He helped you breathe. You couldn't have walked to the shower without Him. And you say, well, people that don't know Him do it every day. He's still helping them. He reigns on the just and the unjust. He's helping everybody. He's just a good god. He can't quit being good. He's going to get gooder and he's going to be the gooderest and he's going to be the gooderuster. Cuz he's a good god and it's what he does. And and he can, not only will he not stop, he cannot stop. He's just good. Thank you, Lord. Aren't you glad he's good? That's what we want people to know. You know, when I went into the ministry, somebody said, why do you want to go in the ministry? I just want people to know God's good. If I don't get anything else to them, I want them to know God is good. And you know what I found? People really want to believe that. Even people who don't really want to. And if you can set them down and keep them coming and keep feeding them the Word and keep showing them His love, they'll start believing it. And it'll start changing their lives. It's true. Because He's a good God. And when you show people the goodness of God, repentance is the next thing that happens. People change their mind. They change the way they think. They turn and go a different direction. They get saved. Amen? Give us a stay or death for, Oh, what's this again? What is it with this God? Forgiving debts and... Man, how many times do we got to hear that? That's what I used to tell my mom when she used to tell me something over my Mom, I heard you say that before. And she go, no, you didn't. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive. Forgiveness happens on the same level that it's given. You get forgiven as you forgive. Hmm. That'll change the way you forgive right there. How do you want to be forgiven? Well, you know, I kind of like people being upset with me and holding things against me, so, you know, maybe half forgiveness. How many want half forgiveness? Anybody in here need some half forgiveness? How many want God to half forgive them? How many know that half a sin is going to get you in hell? yeah, Yeah, yeah. It's sin that he wiped out. I don't want to be half forgiven. And I don't want to half forgive. Why? Because the love of God has given me the ability to fully forgive. The love of God has given me the ability to take somebody who feels horrible about themselves and what they've done and tell them, hey, it's okay. Not only is it okay, I forgive you. And I love you. And how can I help you? And they're sitting there thinking, how can you help me? Why would you want to help me? And he said, because I love you. And what you've done is now under the blood. And Jesus saved you just like he saved me. And not only that, you're now my brother. And we can have, we got a whole eternity to spend together. Do we want to spend it mad at one another? No, sir. I choose to forgive. You choose to forgive? Forgiveness is born out of unfailing love. When you forgive, what you're, what you're doing now is an, is an unfail. It is a success waiting to happen. It can no longer fail. When we choose to forgive, our life now becomes a true success. Yeah. Because now God's able to operate in you and through you at, at a level of His love. And now he's able to get love to others through you. That's his whole goal. His whole goal is to put his love in you so that he can get it to others through you. Not just that he wants to love you, he wants to love others through you. Right? He wants you to give somebody a hug for him someday. Right? He he, he may, he may come up to you and say, you know, they're hurting today. What would really help them the most is not five scriptures, is not a sermon, but a hug. A hug. So what I want you to do is I want you to hug them. Right. Preach the gospel in season and out. Use words when necessary. Most of the time, it's not going to take words. It's going to take action. Love is an action. Jesus didn't tell us He loved us. He acted as though he loved us. When he came to the earth, every action he did—he he taught, he healed, he delivered, he, pre- he showed the goodness of God. So what's it say in Acts 10:38? He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. That was— that's what Jesus did. Why? Because he was the perfect image of God. I'm getting into Sunday's lesson. Better stop. He was the perfect image of God. Forgiveness now puts you in an unfailing situation. Glory to God. Because now you're operating in love. And now you quit judging. Because if you really look at this, if you go on, let's look at Matthew 7. We'll look at Matthew 7. Because forgiveness doesn't judge. People that walk in forgiveness, why doesn't God judge you? Because He forgave you. There's nothing to judge. Right? But He did judge you now, worthy. Worthy. Righteous, healed, saved. He judges you all the time. Now he judges you by what the blood did, not by what you've done. Right? He has a righteous judgment. And, and in, in Matthew seven, uh, it says, "Do not judge, or you'll be judged." He's still telling ta- you know we're still looking at forgive and forgiveness. What's he saying? Don't judge, because you'll be judged on the same level you judge. Right? What's he sa- and, and this all leads into prayer and believing in the goodness of God. How many know that? Matthew 5 through 7 are, are a sermon that Jesus preached. It didn't, have any, it didn't have any numbers in it. It was a sermon. And He started preaching it in Matthew 5, and He ended it in Matthew 7. And in this message, He talked about prayer. He talked about the kingdom of God. He talked about the goodness of God. And He talks about not judging people. And He says, in the, in the, with the measure you judge, He says, you'll be judged. With the measure you use, It'll be measured back to you. And then he says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? People say, well, it's easier to look at their problems than mine. It is, isn't it? It's way easier for me to see what's wrong with Rob than it is to see what's wrong with me. I can see it from right here. Oh, and look at that Dan. They got some stuff going on. How can you say to your brother, let me put, get, take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your eye? He said, you hypocrite. And what's he saying? He's saying, don't do it that way. He's saying, first take the speck out of your own eye. And then he's saying, you're not saying don't help people. God will never tell you not to help people. In the very next sentence, he says, after he says, take the speck out of your own eye, he says, now you can see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. In other words, now you can use the wisdom of God and the things that I show you to actually fix this. Before, you weren't going to fix it. You were going to make it a bigger mess. But now, because you've taken the plank out of your own eye, you can actually help him, Right? Because he tells you to help him. He says, now you can see clearly to remove the speck that's in your brother's eye. Right? And then he starts talking about asking again. Why? You can't judge and expect prayer to work. Right? He says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find This is verse seven, yeah. Knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone. What's he saying? Everyone? everyone. People say, Well, now I've asked and God hadn't done No, you haven't asked the way he's telling you to then. <laughs> All right? You gotta you know what? Sometimes you gotta look at that and go clear back to Matthew six thirty three and say, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And then you go back down here and say, Oh, I didn't seek Him first and then I ask anyway. You say, you mean i got to seek Him first? No, you want to seek Him first. We don't have to do anything. We get to do everything. This isn't isn't a book of have-tos. This is a book of how-tos and get-tos. Amen? And we get to put the kingdom of God first because we love the Lord. And because we love the Lord and put the kingdom of God first and we don't judge and we forgive as we're forgiven and we put the kingdom, uh, His kingdom come, His will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We put all those things in their proper place because of this great love that's in us and this belief in His great love. And we put those all, all in perspective and then we say, Ask, and and it'll be given to us. Right? And then he goes and tells you another lesson about how good God is. In case you weren't convinced from all the other things he told you about him feeding the birds and how much more will he feed you. He closed the grass. How much more will he close the grass? You don't even have to worry. He'll take care of you. That's how good he is. He's a good father. And now he gets all the way down here, and he talks about people asking. He said, oh, let me tell you again. Which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, he'll give him a snake. If you then, in other words, he he already knew the answer. Why? Because he knew what a father did. He knew if you ask your dad for a fish, he ain't gonna give you a snake. If you ask me for a fish, I won't even pick up a snake. I won't eat the fish either though. (laughs) Hamburgers. How many of you, if your son asks for a hamburger, will give him a stone? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, and he's identifying you this whole time. See, he's identifying them. He's calling them children. Jesus hasn't even died yet. He's speaking by faith. Saying, if you then know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your Father in Heaven know how to give good gifts to those who ask Him? Who? Those children. Because He's your Father in Heaven. See, all He's doing is... is is encouraging you in who God is and who you are to God. Amen? This is how prayer works. This is how you ask and knock and and get. This is how things happen. Amen? He says, How much more will your Father in Heaven get good gifts to them that ask Him? So in everything do to others, He's back on this forgive and forget. Or forgive and be forgiven. Do unto love the way you want to be loved. Do unto others, and this sums up the whole law and the prophets. Back to that again. Our God is so good that He put all these things in place so that we could have life and have it abundantly, so that we could come before the throne boldly, pray, ask, believe, and receive. Amen? And these aren't hard things that He's asked us to do. These are truths that He's given us to do. Because we're children of His. If you're His child... You know, I, You know, a lot of times I'll be walking next to my dad and someone say, you walk just like Him. Right. He's my Father. Everything that God does, people ought to be looking at you and saying, you know what? That's just what God would have done. You do things just like God. Well, I ought to. I'm His kid. You, you act just like a child of the father. Yeah, I ought to. I'm, I'm His kid. Yeah, I, I was born again... And now I'm born into the family of God. And He's my Father. If I do things that look like Him, yeah, yeah, those bad wife things, they say, you act just like your father. Boy, if somebody says that to you, I say, yeah. And I'm going to get worse. I'm going to get worse. I'm going to act like Him more than ever. I'm going to start forgiving. I'm going to start loving. I'm going to start having the things that God wants me to have so that I can bless others at all times. Right? Look at, look at, let's look at Philippians 4, and then we'll close. Philippians 4, verse 4. This is what God wants us to be. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. This is more prayer scriptures. What's he saying? You should be happy all the time. Why? Unhappy people don't pray good. Lord, bless them. I'm not having a very good day, and it isn't going to be a very good week. Could you just bless them and get them out of my face? (laughs) Give me $20 to give them so they can get out of here. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderate... What is is that? What what is that? Let your moderation. Yeah, let's look at it in in the NIV. Let your moderation. Let your gentleness. Let your kindness, let the love of God be known to everyone. Why? Because that's who wants you to pray for them. People that don't have the love of God, I don't want them praying for me. Why? Because their success ratio isn't very good. Right? I want somebody who loves me, and without the love of God, you can't love somebody. It's not possible. People say, well, there's people that don't even know God. Exactly. I'm sorry. They don't know how to love. They have a human love, based on your actions and reactions and if you don't do something the way they want eventually they won't love you anymore they may need you around because you do work they might want your paycheck in the house but they don't have the ability to love you only love that's true is the love of God and if you do not have God in your life you do not have love amen let your moderation be known unto all men. Let your gentleness let be evident to all. Why? The Lord is near. The Lord is near. It, it, this, this thing's winding up. It's time to let people know who you are because who you are will draw people to Him. It's time to let people know. Look at that in the uh, Amplified. Let all men know and perceive and recognize. Don't just let them know. Let When they see you, they should see the love of God. When they see us, they should see something good happening. They shouldn't, they shouldn't see, you know, we've gotten too many visions of, a, of the mean God. They should see the real God, the good one, the one that saved us, delivered us, the one that heals us, the one that keeps us, the one that called us His child, the one that helps us every time we ask, hears when we call Him, that God, the good God. Amen? The good Jehovah God. Amen? That's the God we want to show. It says, let him perceive and recognize your unselfishness. What? That person doesn't think about himself all the time. He did that, and it actually hurt him. <gasps> what? We actually did something for someone else that affected us adversely? That's like Jesus. How many know that affected him real adversely? I don't think going to hell was probably fun. But he did it with joy. Took the stripes on his back with joy for those things that were set before him. Me and you. Glory to God. Let him perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness, and forbearing spirit. In other words, you don't quit on people. I want somebody praying for me who will never quit on me. In other words, if you put your faith out for me, don't quit on me. Every time you see me mess up, well, that's what my mom did. She had to be seeing it that way. Every time she looked at me, she said, He will serve God, and he will be saved, and he will love the Lord with all his heart every day of his life. And I'm out drinking, and I'm out doing drugs, and I'm out doing everything but what she just said. And she still said it, and she never, when I came home, she said, she never said, you are worthless, I have prayed for you, and I, you're going to hell in a handbasket. No, when I came home, she'd sit there and talk to me about God. Not condemning, she'd say, how was your night, man? God was going to help you tonight, did you have a good time? I prayed for you to have a good time. And, and she wouldn't even ask me how many beers I had, she didn't ask me what happened, she just sat there and talked about God with me. She just loved me anyway in spite of me she never gave up on me she held on to her faith if you've got kids I don't care what it looks like they're doing believe in what's in them and that's what she believed in in what was in me that's what God believes in in what's in you not in what you do he doesn't judge you by what you did and say oh man look at them drinking they're an alcoholic if he ever said that you'd be an alcoholic no he says, That's my kid. They've got better in them. They'll do it. They'll come around. They're going to serve me. They're going to do good things. I got a big plan for their life. Yeah. God, God's, God is rooting for you, not against you. If you start pitching bad, he'll say, Oh, no, no, no. He, he can throw a curveball that no one can hit. He can throw a fastball that no one can see. You just give it. It's in him. I put it in there. When if you he is for you. He's your biggest fan. Amen. And He never gives up on us. And that's what He's saying. He's saying, let people know that you're that way. When you're going to pray, let them know you're going to stay. No matter what they look like. <laughs> and it's tough. Because they'll make you look stupid. You'll pray and they'll, be, they'll go along and be doing pretty good and Call you one day and be completely messed up. And that's not time to say, well, you know what, I'm through with you. No, that's time to say, you know what, come on. Come on. You skinned your knee, you fell down, you fell off the bike. Come on. Let me pick you up. Let me put you back on the bike. You can do this. You can do this. And you ride behind them until they're riding again. And then you let them go. You let them go, and you believe in what you prayed. They're going to make it. They'll ride that bike. They can do it. Why? You're a good father. You're a good friend. You're a good person. you got the love of God. You don't quit. You stay. Amen? Quitting is a sign of losing. Ever seen somebody that quit that won? It's because they didn't. When you quit, you lose. It says, then it goes, I lost a sheet. There we go. Oh, that's where I was. And let it says, let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. And then he says, be careful for nothing. Don't get stirred up. You can't be the person that says, oh, wow, that's a big problem. Woo, man. You know, a lot of people think that be careful for nothing just says don't have any care. A lot of them, you can't take on the care. He's talking about praying, right? You can't. You you can When something happens, you're the person that says, ah, oh, yeah, no, not bigger than God. Yeah, oh no, we can still pray. Yeah, we can still pray. You guys hanging with me for just another minute? Oh, yeah. yeah, we can still pray. That's not a big problem for God. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Prayer, supplication, and knowing His goodness. You're thanking Him for it already. Why? Because He's good. Yeah. Oh God, thank you so much. You ask, and you believe, and then you thank Him. Why? Because you know how good He is. And and you didn't get stirred up at the big size of the problem. Nothing nothing stood out there to you that was anything bigger than God could deal with. And so you're not the person that says, with all that, make your request known to God. And the peace of God, that peace that Jesus had when He was sleeping in the bow of the boat in the storm, that kind of peace. When everybody else was saying, don't you care about us? You're saying, He cares about us. We're going to come out of this. Amen? The peace of God, the peace that passes all understanding shall guard, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus and you will be a prayer that prays people into the kingdom of God and you will be a prayer that prays people into being healed and whole. You'll be a prayer that changes your family. You'll be a prayer that has a ministry and prayer. You'll be a prayer that believes in the goodness of God and helps others receive that goodness. You'll be a prayer that goes out and stays with people when others have left them. You'll be a prayer that does just like Jesus. And you'll be a child of your Father. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many know we serve a good God? And when we pray to our good Father... We can expect answers. And we don't have to wonder what that answer is going to be. See, that's the thing about our God. We don't have to wonder what that... You know, a lot of people say, well, sometimes He says yes, sometimes He says no, sometimes He says maybe. I still have not found that Scripture. I saw it in a comic book once. Yeah, and that didn't make it true. God doesn't say yes, no, and maybe. He answers every prayer that we give Him the ability to answer. People say, well, I don't like that. It's the best thing to like because you can give him all ability. Amen? And he will always answer when he hears your voice, and he'll always answer yes and amen. Amen? Because we serve a good, good Father. Hallelujah. You got a song?